I am, I've been preaching a series on the evacuation of the church, and uh, this will be the last message in this series, but not the last message that Jesus is coming. Amen. Uh, in the future, the church will vanish. Did you hear me? In the future, the church will vanish, and they will vanish up to meet Jesus Christ in the air when he comes. Amen. I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. We'll be reading out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. We're going to read right into chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died, and I do and we do, and rose again from the grave, I do and you do, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. I want to use for a subject and talk about what to do if you miss the rapture. Now, I'm going to go about it a little different, and the title of the message is actually what to do when you first miss the rapture. Because we're not going to go into detail in, in the tribulation, the revelation. But I want to talk to you about the response of those that should respond at the coming of the Lord, taking the church home. How you should respond if by some sad event you miss the catching away of the church. When you first miss the rapture. What should be your response? You may be seated. I am very encouraged to know that our God doesn't cease to be a merciful God even after the catching away of the church. Our God doesn't turn into some, you know, from uh, some... Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type thing. Our God is a good God. And in the process of the evacuation of the church will be the measures taken in order to redeem Israel and the measures taken not only to redeem Israel but also the measures taken to bring judgment to the earth to those that reject the Messiah and those who reject the blood of the Lamb. And so what I'm about to share with you tonight is very weighty. It's got some answers. 
It may develop some questions in your heart. But the one thing we can all agree on is one day the church will vanish. And we will vanish into the presence of Jesus Christ. We will be taken in a moment, according to 1 Corinthians 15, verse, uh, what is it, 51 and 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, that is for the church, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, I'm going to look at some things tonight that, that maybe you haven't stopped to consider. A lot of things we know about the catching away of the church or the um, vanishing of the church, we have read in books or we have heard in a movie or we've seen through Hollywood. I think it's high time we go to the book, the Bible, and see what it says. Amen. I'm sure some of you maybe saw the movie Thief in the Night, and when the Lord comes, everybody's clothes are laying around everywhere. They were believers, and the believers were taken up to meet Jesus in the air. You either read that in a book, Left Behind series, or Left Behind movie. The Bible doesn't say we're going to shed our clothes when we're caught up to meet Jesus in the air. In fact, I don't think that when Jesus comes, he's going to leave a bunch of laundry around. I believe, in Je- I believe when Jesus comes, if he can transform us and change us in a moment in a twinkling eye, he can change our clothes along with our bodies. You say, you got any Bible for that? I do. Um, in Genesis 5, 24 and, and Hebrews eleven five. You know the story about Enoch? He walked with God. He was not because God took him. And in verse 5 of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Notice it doesn't say we couldn't find his clothes. It says we couldn't find him at all. He was not found. Because God had translated him before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. The story of Enoch is in Genesis 5.24. You find the Mount Transfiguration where Jesus is transformed before the disciples in Mark chapter 9.3, Luke chapter 9.29, Matthew 7.2 says his clothes were changed. I said his clothes, Jesus' clothes were changed. So I think if the Lord were to come tonight, you wouldn't see Jerry's clothes laying in the seat. I believe if the Lord came tonight, you wouldn't see my shoes and my pants and my underwear and my shirt laying behind the pulpit. Hello. You would see, well, you wouldn't see anything. I'm gone. And trustfully, you would be gone with me as Jesus comes to catch his church in the air. Notice it says they looked for Enoch, but they couldn't find him. There was no trace of him. He vanished because he believed God and he walked with God. One day there will be a vanishing of the church. The church will be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, to those who are critics about the evacuation of the church, the catching up of the church to be, meet Jesus in the air. 
For those that are critics about the word rapture is not found in the Bible, neither is the word Bible found in the Bible. Trinity's not found in the Bible. Bubblegum's not found in the Bible, but it's under your seats. Hello. Just because you don't find the word, the meaning of rapture is there, caught up, snatched up, caught away, or podso, caught up to meet Lord, the Lord in the air. Now, for those that are critical of this thought that Jesus will come, they try to whisper, well, it's secret. It's something that no one knows when it happens. No one will know it happened. I want to say it will not be silent, nor will it be hidden, but it will be sudden and without warning. When the church is caught up, it will not be silent, or will it be hidden, but it will be sudden, it will, bring, it will startle those, and without warning, the church will be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We'll be gone. It will trigger a flood of devastations around the world. Every nation and every city will be overcome with a massive 9-11 events. And every city of the world and every community and all the nations everywhere around the world, there will be a flood of 9-11s, tragedy everywhere on every hand because it will escalate the darkness that is to come upon the earth when the light of the world, who is now the church of Jesus Christ, is taken from the earth. Now, just because the light is taken from the church, doesn't ne- uh, the light is taken from the world, doesn't necessarily mean that it's all going to avalanche at once. What it does mean, that there will be an intermittent time in which Man will try to build back better. Hello. All this we're seeing in politics, all this we're seeing in the money market, all this we're seeing in the one world currency rumor, all this we're seeing in the, in the League of Nations, all this we're seeing with Israel, all this we're seeing in AI and high-tech technology, it's just, it's just shadows and types of what is to come to get people familiar with what is absolutely possible and what is scientifically possible. Now, I realize that I just opened up a can of worms, but they're glory worms. Amen? One thing we know for sure, that according to Matthew 25, the ten virgins, the five wise are caught up, the five foolish return with oil in their lamps. Revelation chapter 6 and Revelation chapter 7, we are told that there will be a great multitude of tribulation saints. Now, there are Old Testament saints. There are New Testament saints, the church. There will be millennial saints. There will be tribulation saints. In fact, the Bible even calls in some places angels saints. There will be saints. The church will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and then there will be coming a great devastation upon the earth. Let me begin by sharing some little thoughts with you because 
Uh, we're very close to the end, I believe, of the return of the Lord. You say, well, if it doesn't happen in another so many years, what are you going to do, preacher? I'm still going to be preaching if I'm still alive. Some great tribulation saints will die. Now, you get, you get by preachers trying to scare tactic. You get preachers trying to tell you if you miss the evacuation of the church, if you miss the rapture, then you're just gone. I mean, there's no hope for you. It's done. And that is a scare tactic to try to get people to think that if you don't come to Jesus now, then you're not going to have a chance later. Now, I'm not encouraging, encouraging anyone to wait till later. And I'll show you why you should never wait till later. And one reason I don't want to miss the catching away of the church is I don't want to miss being part of the church. If you miss the catching away of the church, you're not part of the church. With all its privileges and all of its blessings that the church has given during the millennium and during the ages to come, I don't want to miss out on being the bride of Christ. If you are here after the catching away of the church, you will become, if you make heaven, if you get to heaven, you will become a great tribulation saint. Exactly what you'll be. If you make it to heaven, you will be a tribulation saint. But there is a great number of tribulation saints. In fact, there will be a great slaughter of saints coming immediately after the catching away of the church. There are preachers that tell you, well, if you miss the rapture or miss the catching away of the church, the only way to be saved is have your head cut off. The only way to be saved is resist the mark of the beast. Well, let me just, they've kind of got the cart before the horse. Let's look at this. If you don't have the power of Jesus Christ in you, you would never submit to having your head beheaded. If you don't have the power of Christ in you, you would never resist the mark of the beast. But if you've got the power of God in you and you've got Christ in you and that moving of God's spirit in you, you'll have the strength and the power to resist the mark of the beast and to resist the things that are coming upon the earth. No one's going to lay their head down and say, chop it off, I want to go to heaven. You do that, and you'll, have, you'll go to hell with headless. You'll go to hell headless. You've got to be changed by the power of God. You got, and, and there are those that say, well, after the catching away of the church, you can only be saved by the works of the law. You can only be saved by beheading or not taking the mark of the beast or working. Everything changes. No, 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 no. In the Old Testament, they were saved by the blood of the Lamb. In the New Testament, we're saved by the blood of the Lamb. In the Great Tribulation, everybody's saved by the blood of the Lamb. And everybody that is saved is saved by the grace of God. No one's going to strut through heaven like a peacock and say, I earned my way in here. It is by grace we're saved. Amen. Don't let me get into some of the nitty-gritty here. There are those who preach that you've got to go through all these things. And let me say this. Why don't you tell that to saints that were burned at the stake in, in the Roman Empire? Why don't you tell that to saints of God that, that, that had their head beheaded in the, in the dark ages? 
Why don't you tell that to the churches? The church is no stranger to persecution. The church is no stranger. And every one of those saints of God that were burned at the stake in the time of Nero were burned at the stake because they had the tenacity and the love of Christ and the conviction in their soul that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's why they burned at the stake. They did it because of their commitment to the Lord. Same commitment's going to have to be in in great tribulation saints. Same commitment's going to come. And so I, I want to help you understand what you would do if you, and I'm not talking about into the great tribulation period, I'm talking about what, what do you do if you first miss the rapture? Immediately, what should be your response if you first miss the rapture? The first response should be this. Run to Jesus Christ. He is still Savior of the world. If the church vanishes and you don't vanish with it, run to Jesus Christ. He is still the Savior of the world. There are those that say you can't be saved if you're not caught up in the clouds. No, you can't be part of the church, but you can be saved. And you can be a tribulation saint. You lose your right to be in a church, being part of the church, but you don't lose your soul if you will run to Jesus Christ. But that requires a, gen, a genuine, true conviction and response to Jesus Christ. It requires someone that will come truthfully with their life to Jesus Christ and honestly serve the Lord with the power of Jesus Christ. Because it will be much harder to live for God after the rapture. I, let me say that again. It'll be much harder to live for God after the rapture. In fact, it will be painfully impossible without a true conversion. So if you miss the rapture of the church, run as quick as you can to the loving Savior, repent of your sins, cry out to God, and let God save your soul and put enough grit in your heart and enough conviction in your soul and enough, enough love spread abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost that when those things do come upon the earth, when the mark of the beast does come upon the earth, when the Antichrist is revealed, and when the one world government and the one world religion, all that does happen, you will have enough power of God in you because you have genuinely repented of your sins, returned to Jesus Christ, and you'll be able to walk to the chopping block by God's power. You'll be able to say to the, to the beast, I won't take the mark because of God's power. You'll be able to live for God because you have Giving your life to Jesus Christ. Let me put it like this. It will be much harder to live for God after the vanishing away of the church. You will not be in the get blessed mode. You will not be in the bless me, bless me, bless me, Jesus. No, you'll be in the survival mode. When that happens, you will be in the survival mode. Remember what I said about great tribulation saints? 
Many will die, but they all will not die of beheading. They all will not die of um, refusal to, to um, worship the beast. Of course, they will refuse to worship the beast, but many of these disciples, uh, these, yeah, well, uh, tribulation disciples, many of these tribulation saints will die because of war. Many of them will die because of pestilence and disease. Many of them will die because of starvation. The birth pains will intensify, according to Matthew 24, and it'll get worse and, and it'll get more horrific as the days progress after the catching away of the church. There'll be saints will die. Some will die of disease. Some will die of some of the wrath that God has poured out upon the earth. Some people say, well, you know, I believe God will protect his church. There are people that preach, well, the church will be here because God's going to protect his church. Well, I read in here that the same people they call the church is beheaded. The same people that they call the church is die of starvation, die of disease, die in war, beheaded, put to death. Well, if he's protecting them, he's not doing a very good job of it. Listen, God didn't promise that we're going to be protected from everything. But one thing we need to know is the tribulation saints is not the church. It's those that run to Jesus Christ after the catching away of the church. When the church vanishes, there will be a massive revival. Just like Matthew 25, the five foolish virgins will go out, get their oil, come back. Jesus will say, too late to be part of the bride, but he didn't say it was too late for them to be saved. And they enter in to the tribulation period. A great revival comes. As Brother Jimmy Harris says, he called that the grandma revival. Many people will come to Christ because of grandma, because those that taught the children of God. And let me, let me quickly say, and no preacher really quickly say, says anything, but let me just say this. The tribulation saints, because they make a commitment to God, whether it be through the two witnesses preaching or the 144,000, or whether it just be we're gone, they run to the church and say, my God, what have I done? Please forgive me. There's a massive revival. And these people that get that tenacity, that strength in their heart, will be able to live through the great tribulation, the great perils that come. Because after the catching away of the church, after the church vanishes, there will be an intensity of earthquakes, an intensity of war. There will be a, a, a flood of starvation. There will be disease, pestilence. There will be coupled with the wrath of the devil and the wrath of man, the wrath of God. And those that have been touched by the Spirit of God after the catching away of the church, even though they're not of the church, they're still tribulation saints. And God will give them the strength to go through, but it will be hard. It will be devastating. It will be unspeakable. 
And so my second point is, if you miss the rapture of the church, the, the very first thing you do when you first miss the rapture of the church, the very first thing you do is, one, run to Jesus Christ, get things right in your life. Number two, brace yourself for unspeakable devastation. Brace yourself for unspeakable devastation, starvation, pestilence, earthquakes, diverse places. You say, we're seeing some of that now. Nothing like it'll be after the church is taken. It will be zillions of times worse. And you see that in the book of Revelation. The third thing that we need to do is, a person needs to do if they, when they first miss the rapture, is they need to possess their life, or you need to possess your life if you miss the rapture with prayer, worship, and God's word. You need to fill your life with prayer, worship, and God's word. Because those three things is the only thing that's going to fortify you to come against the depression, the obsession, the onslaughts of the enemy. Those are the things that's going to help you to endure to the end. Because Jesus Christ gives you the strength to endure to the end. Number four, do not put your trust in government. Can I, can I get an amen right there? Actually, that's good advice now. Do not put your trust in government. Parentheses, they will become control freaks. Well, after the catching away of the church, they're really going to become control freaks. Because everything's going to come unglued. Everything's going to come unwound. I mean, every spring there is to break is going to break. It's going to be horrific upon the earth. And never trust the government. They will become control freaks. Be careful of government assistance if you are caught in the web after the rapture of the church. Be careful. Because the government is a spider web. And in it is nasty Spiders. Number five, do not let anyone control your finances or your ability to buy and sell. Now, you say, well, preacher, they're about to do that now. I know they are. That's why we're getting so close to the church vanishing. There's going to come a time the government will tell you what you can buy, when you can buy it. There's going to come a time when the governments of this world will want to control all your finances and your ability to buy and sell, and they'll want to tell you what you can sell and what you can buy. In fact, there'll be such devastation after the church is caught up and everything falls apart. The, the markets crash, the economy collapses, everything goes haywire, and and it will actually come to a place where they will ration out probably finances and they'll tell you how many square miles you can go shopping in, what you can drive, which is now, they're trying to tell you that now, a bicycle. Everything's going to be save the planet, a new build back better idea. Well, let me tell you something. 
Biden and others that are among that crowd, Build Back Better, are just echoing what's going to happen after the rapture by those who are gathered together to try to build back better, to build back their kingdom. The one world order. See, I'm not trying to get in, in the deepness of revelation. I'm just trying to tell you these are the first beginnings of sorrow. These are the first things that will happen when the church is taken. Don't put your trust in government. They will become control freaks. Don't let anyone control your finances or your ability to buy and sell. Because down the road, someone will stand up and say, you're going to take this mark, you're going to honor me, or you're not going to eat, you're not going to buy, you're not going to sell. You're going to take a mark, you're going to do what I tell you to do, or you're going to starve. Now, how many would agree that you've got to have a real powerful relationship with Jesus Christ to be able to say no when your children are starving to death? To be able to say no when everything, you say, well, why would my children be here? I have no doubt that every born-again believer that has a child will go with them in the rapture. But I think the unbelievers will still have their children. And in those seven-year period, women will still get pregnant. Hello. Here we go. Number six. Do not listen to a world leader who tells you he is a great unifier. Do not listen to a world leader who tells you that he is the great unifier. I want you to know if someone comes on the scene and says they are the Christ, and, and if someone does come on the scene and say they are Christ, that's not the first time it's happened. There's been many antichrists, many Christ. But in Matthew chapter 24, verse 23, it says, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not, for there shall arise false Christs, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. That's those that are the Jewish people that have turned to God in the saint, uh, tribulation saints. Behold, I have told you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus Christ is telling us in those scriptures that when I show up, after the catching away of the church, when I show up after the vanishing of the church, I will not show up over in some town somewhere across the water. I will not show up in the desert. I'll not show up in a secret place. If someone says, I'm the Christ, don't believe it. Believe this. When I come, I'm coming with 10,000s of my saints. When I come, I'm coming as lightning shines from the east to the west. When I come, I'm coming as a great blaze of glory with the holy angels and the church of Jesus Christ and the saints of old. I'm coming and everybody will see my coming and I will come and stand on the Mount of Olives and go fight in the Valley of Megiddo. What, what Jesus Christ is saying is when someone stands up and says, I'm the Messiah, Believe it not, because when I come, he said in the great tribulation, when I come, everybody's going to know it. Amen. 
Number seven, and this is probably one of the most important points of this message, what to do when you first miss the rapture. Hopefully no one will have this happen to them, but what you should do. Don't listen to a new interpretation of truth or a new story about Jesus. That is so important that you understand that. Do not listen to a new interpretation of truth. Also, we're, we're seeing that now, aren't we? Or a new story about Jesus Christ. Because what's going to happen is when the man of sin shows up and those that are bidding his bidding, they'll change the story of Christ. They'll change of who Jesus Christ. They'll change it all. In fact, they'll twist the scriptures and make it sound like Jesus was not the Christ. Well, there's a multitude of folks caught up with him in the air that knows better. Amen? Number eight, don't follow the sinful crowd. They will be obsessed with build back better. Hello? Don't follow the sinful crowd. They will be obsessed and possessed with the Motto, build back better. What I'm simply trying to say is when the rapture does take place, if you don't want to use rapture, when the evacuation of the church takes place, if you don't want to use evacuation, when the church vanishes and you don't vanish with it, remember there'll be a time in which you, a window in which you can come to Christ. You can fortify yourself. You can receive the blessing of God in your life. You can repent of your sin. You can receive mercy. You'll never be part of the church, but you can become a tribulation saint. And God will give you the strength when a third of the world is burning. God will give you the strength when a third of the ocean has turned blood. God will give you the strength when the earthquakes come, when the wrath of man comes, when the war comes. When the wrath of the devil comes, when the wrath of God comes, God will give you the strength, if need be, to starve to death, but not deny who Jesus Christ is. You know, I don't believe in that. I believe in this bless me, bless me generation. Well, tell that to people who died of starvation in the Roman Empire. Tell that to the church that's been through hell and back already as far as suffering, but now they're in the presence of God. God will give you the strength to face the floods, to face the lies. In fact, God will give you the strength, according to 2 Thessalonians, God will give you the strength to be able to resist that delusion that you would believe a lie. God is not going to give his New Testament or his... his uh, Tribulation saints, God is not going to give his tribulation saints a delusion to believe a lie. In fact, he's going to give them the strength to know the truth. But there are those that God will send a strong delusion to believe a lie. Remember, 1 Thessalonians is about Jesus coming for his church. 2 Thessalonians is about Jesus coming to the earth, to Israel, to judge the world. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 9 through 12, even him, speaking of the Antichrist, the false prophet, false messiah, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, 
with all deceivableness or deceit or deceiving of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Listen, when you run to Jesus Christ immediately, you receive the love of the truth and you're saved. For if for this cause, because people would not receive the truth, for this cause they shall be sent a strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, there's preachers that will tell you that God will send a strong delusion to believe a lie immediately after the rapture. That's not true. According to chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians, it's coming after the unveiling of the Antichrist. This, and we do have a deception today. No doubt about that. There's Antichrist in the world today. There is deception today. But that's only a shadow and a type of what's coming. And so this man of sin will be so persuading that he will persuade people and God will just give them up to an unclean mind. God just give them up. He'll just turn them over to believe a lie. A strong delusion to believe a lie. That's why you need to get, if you do miss the rapture, the first thing on the agenda is fall on your face, beg God for mercy, give your life to Jesus Christ, get the strength of God in your life so that when this deception comes, you'll have the fortitude to say, no, that's a lie. That's not the Messiah. Is this helping some of you? I hope it's helping some of you. And, and even if you disagree with me, we can all agree that the church will vanish someday. And I don't believe God immediately says, okay, you're done. You're over. It's over. You're, 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 you're good as you're dead in the water. You, you, you'll never make it. And, and I think people are being very unfair. Preachers are saying that once you miss the catching away of the church, you've got to live the law and you've got to be beheaded and you've got to earn your salvation. No one has ever earned their salvation. Not in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament, not now, and not in the Great Tribulation, not forever. Not ever. The Lamb saves us from our sin in the past, present, and future. There is no other salvation but the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. There is no other Savior. There is no other Messiah. His name is Jesus Christ. You can't get saved by doing works and law and, and, and being beheaded and all that. You can't get there by saying, well, I'll get saved because i got to earn my salvation because I missed the vanishing of the church. So, let me sum it up with this. When the church vanishes, when the church is caught up, there will be people that I think, no doubt, have attended this church. I think there will be people that think they're saved and not saved. I think there'll be people that casually attend church. I believe there'll be people that's been baptized but never changed. I believe there'll be people that don't dislike Christ. They care about Christ. They believe in Christ. And in some ways they love God, but they're still not transformed. And when the church vanishes, many of them will be left behind. And they'll be faced with two responses. One response is, 
My God, have mercy on me. I need a Savior. Run to Jesus. Get his strength in life. The other response is, well, I was as good as Pastor Aikens. Why didn't God take me? Well, I was as good as my neighbor. Why didn't, why didn't God take me? And there'll be people actually angry at God because they missed the rapture. Let's don't ever be angry at God because you missed out on something that God wants you to have because of your own slothfulness. Amen? We need to be ready. We need to be prepared. And be ready to meet the Lord in the air. Amen? And I think it's so important that we understand this great truth that there's going to be a time when the church will vanish and there'll be good people and God is not going to abandon them if they'll run to Jesus Christ. He's still the Savior. He's still delivered. You say, well, why don't I just wait till after the rapture and then get saved? Because you're an idiot if you do that. Because you're out of your mind if you do that. You miss being part of the church. You're going through some untold devastation. You're going to hell before you can get to where you want to go. You're, you're going to miss out on so much. You're going to be damned with so much heartbreak and devastation. And only Jesus Christ in you can get you through that. And there'll be people that will not give their heart to Christ. And they'll get mad. And there'll be others that say, yeah, let's build back better. Yeah, the cities have crumbled. The nations are falling. Let's build back better. Let's, let's get it together. What can you do? It is what it is. Let's, re, let's build back better. And God says, no, nah, that's not going to work. Because while you're nailing a two-before, I'm sending a 150-pound hailstone down. While you're laying a brick, I'm sending a tsunami across the entire nation. While you're trying to make your way through politics, I'm going to send fires and devastations, pestilence and great outbreaks of war and famine and disease. And you will not repent of your deeds. You'll grind your teeth and shake your fist toward God. Because you'll say, why me? What a bad God. What a bad God. No, he's a good God. And it takes someone either void of a brain, definitely void of a heart, that would shake their fist toward God and say, God, why did you do this to me? Why? I guess my response would be, in God's behalf, why not? Why not? Say, but I'm a Christian. I go through this. Well, why not? If you're his, he bought you. He can do with you what he wants to do. I belong to God. And whatever he chooses to put me through in my life, I still belong to him. And he has every right to put me through anything that I might go through in the future because I belong to him. He can do with me as he pleases. Oh, I want him to do great things with me, but he may choose to do things with me that I'll suffer, I'll go through hard times, I'll go through persecution. But Jesus, Apostle Paul said, we need to know that the persecutions, the afflictions that we have here cannot be compared to the glory that shall reveal, be revealed 
when we get there. America's headed for some really bad times. The world is headed for some really bad times. And my desire is that you never have a cloudy day. My desire is you never have a hard moment. But I want you to know all good things come to an end unless you're a Christian. Unless you're a Christian. Stand with me. Are you ready? Are you really ready? If the Lord were to come right now, would you be one of those that would vanish? If the Lord came right now, would, is there enough Christ in you? Is there enough commitment to God that Christ has made in you? Is there enough love in your heart that God has put in you? Is there enough faithfulness in your heart that God has put in you? If you're born again, do you have Christ as your supreme sacrifice? Is there enough there for you to be counted among the crowd, the church that will vanish and be with Jesus? Or will you find yourself after we're gone at this altar saying, my God, please, please give me a second chance. Please, God, my God, please give me another chance. Well, wouldn't it be good to get in on the first chance? Wouldn't it be good to get, on, get in the first ship out? Wouldn't it be good to get on the first plane out? Yes, it would. And we are going to do that as a church.